48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Health officials say they're worried about a possible spike in COVID cases after the mid-autumn festival. Three former lawmakers urge the High Court not to wait for the conclusion of an upcoming national security trial to sentence them. And at least 21 people are killed in an earthquake in Sichuan province. Health officials have said they're worried that upcoming mid-autumn festival celebrations may spur COVID infections in the community as they reported 10,021 new COVID cases. The newly reported cases include 9,869 local infections and the rest were imported. Aaron Tam reports. The Centre for Health Protection's Dr Albert Au said he's worried that people will go out more with their families and have dinners and gatherings during the mid-autumn festival. He appealed to the public to avoid cross-family gatherings and observe social distancing measures. He also repeated the government's call for parents to get their children vaccinated against COVID. There is ample scientific evidence that vaccinations can decrease the rate of hospitalization, uh, ICU admission, severity and also death uh, among all age groups, including children. So it is very important for children to receive adequate vaccinations in order to get uh, protections, especially in the current situations where the epidemic is quite severe in the community. More than 2,900 COVID patients are being treated in hospital, 16 of them under intensive care. Officials also announced the deaths of another eight COVID patients. Three former lawmakers have urged the High Court not to wait for the conclusion of an upcoming national security trial to sentence them. Now they've indicated they intend to plead guilty to a subversion charge. Jeremy Tam, Kwakaki and Alvin Young are among 29 defendants who plan to admit wrongdoing in the 2020 Legco primaries case. Here's Kelly Yu. The three former lawmakers are among those who plan to admit conspiracy to commit subversion for joining the Legco primary post two years ago. 18 of the 47 defendants are expected to plead not guilty. At a case management hearing at the High Court, the defense counsel for the trio said they are anxious after having spent a long period on remand, and they would like to make their mitigation pleas and receive their sentences before the trial of those who intend to plead not guilty. The court heard each defendant needs around 45 minutes for the mitigation. The hearing also looked at the cases of two others who plan to plead guilty, Joshua Wong and Tam Tak Chi. Both say they were neutral on when they should receive their sentences, adding that their mitigation pleas will be completed within two hours. The court asked the Department of Justice to provide its opinion on the issue tomorrow. Turning overseas, Britain's Foreign Secretary Liz Trust will be the, Trust will be the country's next Prime Minister having been announced as the winner of the contest to lead the governing Conservative Party. Mrs Trust beat her rival, the former Finance Minister Rishi Sunak, by 21,000 votes in a poll of party members. She'll replace Boris Johnson as Prime Minister tomorrow. Here's the BBC's Rob Watson. The 47-year-old Liz Truss has had an astonishingly swift rise to power, having only become an MP in 2010. Her supporters say she's smart, tough and hard-working and constantly underestimated. Her critics, including many in her own party, say she's slightly odd and that her soaring ambition far exceeds her talents. As to her politics, she's a former Remainer turned ardent Brexiteer who campaigned for the leadership as a right-of-centre, small-state, low-tax Conservative. She now faces the biggest economic challenges of any British leader in over 40 years, with her party behind in the opinion polls and badly bruised and divided from the fallout of removing Boris Johnson. 
A 33-year-old woman has been remanded under the custody of the Correctional Services Department after appearing in court in connection with the alleged murder of her five-year-old son. No plea was taken at West Kowloon Court and the case was adjourned until November the 28th, pending further investigations. Injured Meridanta Moli remains in the intensive care unit of Queen Elizabeth Hospital, but the dancer's condition has improved from critical to serious. A hospital spokesperson said Mr Lee's vital signs are stable. And a look at the weather forecast for tonight and tomorrow. It'll be mainly fine, dry and very hot during the day tomorrow with temperatures ranging between 29 and 35 degrees. The outlook, it'll be windier with occasional showers and slightly lower temperatures in the next few days, sunny intervals and a few showers around the mid-autumn festival on Sunday. Currently at the observatory, it's 31 degrees and the humidity is 54%. The red fire danger warning and the very hot weather warning are both in effect. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Hundreds of rescue workers accompanied by over a 1,000 soldiers have been dispatched to the epicentre of a magnitude 6.8 earthquake which has claimed at least 21 lives. The quake struck a mountainous region in Sichuan and was centred about 16 kilometres beneath the town of Luding, about 180 kilometres southwest of the provincial capital, Chengdu. Ada O oh has the details. People from as far away as Xi'an and Changsha and central Hunan said they felt the quake, the largest to strike southwest Sichuan since 2017. In Chengdu and the nearby metropolis of Chongqing, residents said the quake shook their apartments and furniture. Video on social media showed chandeliers, fish tanks and other household objects swaying violently. A second tremor with a magnitude of 4.2 struck the city of Ya'an near Luding minutes later. Shelley Lee, who lives on the 30th floor of an apartment block in Chengdu, said the shaking was quite strong and that it lasted for a while. Her building is currently under a COVID lockdown. The region has also suffered a summer of extreme weather, with a record-breaking heat wave drying up rivers and wilting crops. The aftershock in Ya'an came nine years after it was hit by a much stronger earthquake that killed well over 100 people and injured thousands. The most powerful Sichuan earthquake on record was in May 2008, when a magnitude 8 quake devastated Wenchang County just to the northwest of Chengdu, killing almost 70,000 people. CCTV also reported that President Xi Jinping had called on local authorities to make saving lives the first priority. The death of a five-year-old boy in a subdivided flat in Shamshui Po at the weekend has raised fresh concerns over the welfare of children from poor families. The boy was found unconscious with multiple injuries. His mother has been remanded under the custody of the Correctional Services Department after appearing in West Kowloon Court today charged with murdering her son. No plea was taken and the case was adjourned until late November. University of Hong Kong social work professor Paul Wong says help is always available for struggling parents and he urged them to muster the courage to reach out. During the COVID period, uh, many of the uh, services were closed, especially during the uh, wave 4 and wave 5 period. Probably because many parents uh, thought that the social services were closed and they were habituated not to um, go back to the services. So from what I see from the news of this particular case, the mother actually refused any kind of social service at all. I guess the mum also had a lot of uh, life challenges, uh, 
she has three children and then she's pregnant. So she might not be supported by anyone at all. So she's challenged by a lot of daily um, activities or challenges to look after the children. What advice do you have for families or parents who uh, struggle during this period? I must say that uh, Hong Kong is not lack of uh, services for these kind of families. So the most important thing is uh, the parents think that their children need help or themselves need some help. Don't be reluctant to seek for help because we are there to help. And um, I understand that some of the parents might feel that it's uh, too time-consuming or, or uh, too difficult or even shameful or they feel they have the stigma to face on. But I must say that the social services in Hong Kong, they are good quality to help the family. So don't be shy to uh, seek help. As uh, the number of uh, COVID infections in Hong Kong is going up, would you advise the government not to suspend classes again for the well-being of children in Hong Kong? Yes, please don't. Because many of the studies in uh, overseas, they found that suspension of schools actually didn't do too much to tackle the pandemic. In fact, many of the people who uh, suffer or they die from the, uh, the, the, the pandemic, actually they are people who are elderly. So uh, suspending the school closure and uh, that would actually impact the mental health and the social skills of the young people all over the world. So I would recommend not to. Professor Paul Wong speaking there to Wendy Wong. Police have arrested six men over an armed robbery at a Causeway Bay luxury watch shop. The robber was wielding a gun-like object, hammer and a knife made off with $13 million worth of timepieces late last month. Timmy Sung reports. Officers say those detained include the suspected thieves as well as two men who allegedly supplied the cars used in the robbery. Detective Chief Inspector Chen Kao-Wing said they recovered 36 watches and seized $230,000 in cash during the arrests. However, he added they are still looking for the remaining 34 watches. Mr. Chen also said there's no evidence to suggest that the pistol-like object used during the heist is an actual firearm. Police had earlier said the robbers forced shop staff to hand over the keys to display cabinets during the robbery, which lasted for around three minutes. No one was injured during the robbery. Transport officials say they're planning to collect information on how people travel, in particular how technology and the pandemic have changed their travel patterns. Officials say about 35,000 households will be chosen at random to take part in the voluntary once-in-a-decade travel characteristics survey. They say the results will help them better plan for future transport infrastructure and policies and how it can better meet their needs. Tony Yao is a Deputy Commissioner for Transport. On every development, uh, no matter the development is a residential, uh, industrial office or uh, even a uh, government facilities, they all have certain demand on traffic and transport. For example, the Lofton Metropolis or Lantau Tomorrow Visions. Uh, all those developments will need to conduct their own TIA, which are based on our latest uh, travel characteristic data. In other words, this travel characteristic data will have impact to all the developments, including the new development. Across the border, the city of Chengdu has extended its lockdown amid a COVID-19 outbreak. Residents are required to have more testing, as Vanessa Cheng reports. Sichuan province accounted for 105 of the 303 locally transmitted infections on the mainland recorded on Sunday. 90 of them were in the provincial capital, Chengdu, which announced it was extending its lockdown by three days until Wednesday. 
for more mass testing of its 21 million residents. Chengdu was locked down last Thursday. Guangdong recorded 63 locally transmitted cases and 26 local asymptomatic infections. But there are signs that the outbreak in Shenzhen is stabilizing. The number of new local cases there fell to 71 on Sunday, from 89 a day earlier. Restrictions on dining and certain park visits in Shenzhen have now been eased, and many of the city's subway stations have resumed operations. Overall, the mainland reported 1,552 new COVID-19 cases, comprising 303 locally transmitted and 1,249 asymptomatic infections. Turning overseas, the trial has opened in Paris of eight people linked to the Tunisian Islamist re- responsible for a deadly lorry attack in Nice, in France, in 2016. The seven men and one woman are all of Tunisian or Albanian origin. They're not accused of complicity in the attack, which killed 86 people, but face charges of associating with terrorists or of supplying the killer with weapons. The United Nations has warned that Somalia is on the brink of famine. The Horn of Africa is enduring its worst drought in four decades, with the fifth consecutive rainy season expected to fail. The BBC's Mary Harper reports. Famine is at the door of Somalia, said UN humanitarian chief Martin Griffiths, who's visited some of the worst affected areas. We're in the last moment of the eleventh hour to save lives. He said there's concrete evidence that famine will strike the southwestern regions of Baidoa and Borhakaba between October and December. For famine to be declared, certain conditions must be met, including at least 30% of children suffering from acute malnutrition. Sport now, and in tennis, Australia's Nick Kyrgios has sent defending champion and world number one Donald Medvedev crashing out of the U.S. Open in an explosive last 16 clash. Wimbledon runner-up Kyrgios will face another Russian, Karen Kachanov, in the quarter-final. Medvedev will lose his world top ranking after being defeated by Kyrgios for the fourth time in five meetings. Saudi Arabia has moved closer to hosting a race in the Motorcycling World Championship Series after signing an agreement with MotoGP promoter Dorna. Dorna Sports and the Saudi motorsport company have confirmed they've signed a memorandum of understanding on the plan to bring the motorcycle racing series to the kingdom. MotoGP said the proposed event would take part would take place on a newly built circuit. Saudi Arabia is, in, is eager to increase its sporting presence and improve its international image. And a reminder of our top stories tonight: health officials say they're worried about a possible spike in COVID cases, and three former lawmakers urge the court not to wait for the conclusion of an upcoming national security trial to sentence them. The news from RTHK. It's twilight time. Out of the mist, your voice is calling. It's twilight time. When purple-colored curtains mark the end of day, I'll hear you, my dear, at twilight time. 11:15 on a Monday night, and welcome to a new feature here on Radio 3. 45 minutes of music from that golden age. Music to just chill back. And relax too if you've had a really hard 
day at work. Our first one for you tonight is a song from Judy Garland. Also, we have Frank Sinatra and Marilyn Martin coming right up. Flowers. 
want the things you love You must have showered So when you 